0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask the CEO with Abraham Gattail. IBM and I have partnered together on this podcast. The content is my own and does not necessarily reflect the views of IBM. Today, I'd like to introduce a very special guest. She is the director of the IBM Z Team, building the mainframe of the future. Currently, she leads a team of forward-thinking engineers building the ZOS operating system focused on enabling workloads to be flexible, and creating a true end-to-end DevOps experience, it is my pleasure to welcome Tina Tarquinio. Welcome, Tina.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Abraham. I'm super excited to be here this morning.
0: I'm so excited to have you here. So, Tina, tell me, what is IBM Z?
1: Oh, you know, I get asked this question all the time because I'm always talking about the mainframe and IBM Z, and so, of course, people say, what is it? Um, and I like to say it's really the world's most uh, scalable and powerful platform to run your business on, right? It's more than just a server, right? It's a truly integrated uh, stack and architecture platform that you, know, you can trust your business to run on uh, worldwide 24 uh, seven.
0: Wow, that's great. Now, talking about that, right? So with the growing prevalence of cloud, everybody is uh, moving their mission critical workload to the cloud. And there there are terms that people use. There's the public cloud and private cloud, which many people are familiar with. And then there's this term hybrid cloud. What does hybrid cloud actually mean?
1: Right, I, I think sometimes we throw words around like that. And a hybrid cloud or multi-cloud is, is a new term that's really been talked about. And to um, me, it's really a deployment methodology, right? It's really looking at where workloads should run, uh, according to their SLAs and where they're appropriate to run, and and that could be in a, a public cloud. You could imagine you might have software that runs in a public cloud as a service. Um, but you need that information to connect back to your application you have in your private cloud on-prem. And to me, hybrid cloud is that all those things run where they're supposed to be, um, but they all work together as one so that you still get the business and the, the business outcome and the user experience that you're looking for, right? And you want to make sure that that's uh, scalable and reliable um, and provides the, the quick turnaround that you need for your business. And to me, that's really what hybrid cloud means, making everything work together um, and having things be where they belong, but work together.
0: Now, with regards to uh, people moving to the cloud, um, you know, there's so many... Different concerns uh, about going to the cloud. You know, there's security, there's uptime. What happens if cloud services go down? IBM uses the term Five Nines reliability with regards to the IBM Z platform, and many companies use that as well. What exactly does that mean?
1: Right, so that's a good question. Five Nines. So um, for those that aren't in our, our world all the time, Five Nines is really 99.999. Uh, availability uh, percentage of time. So if you think about that over a course of a year, um, that's five minutes of downtime, right? And the difference between five nines and four nines is forty seven minutes, right? And um, five minutes of downtime uh, might not sound like a lot, but in a a worldwide business, uh, you know at any time where markets can spike when you don't expect them, you know that can be that can be a bad thing, right? So you want your system to be, as available and reliable as possible, right? And um, when you move things to the cloud, right, now you're spreading things out from just one spot, um, which is good from, a, you know, availability continuity point of view, but now you have to make sure that the availability uh, you expect is in all of those areas, right? And so one of the things that IBM Z has done um, really, really well is, uh, you know, built this availability and reliability into every level of the system. Uh, So processors, memory, I.O., applications, you know, all of it, um, you know, drives that high availability. And the other flip side of availability is to really think about scalability, right? So um, just because something's available doesn't mean it still has the same response time, right? So um, if your stock trade takes. Too long. That's just barely more tolerable than if you can't make it at all. Um, so you want to make sure that your systems are available and they're also scalable, so that when you have a great business opportunity, you can you can rise to the challenge and and you know and, and take advantage of that. Um, and that's you know really the strength of the IBM Z platform that that can underpin the whole hybrid cloud architecture to make sure that the scale happens when you need it.
0: And, you know, you bring up a good point there with regards to the stock trades, because when you talk about like when you mentioned with regards to the difference between the four nines and the five nines, when something is down for five minutes and you need to make a stock trade at that moment and the server is down, you're kind of stuck. Versus if yeah. something's down for 30 seconds, well, you know, maybe he's going to stare at his phone. He's going to think maybe his phone or his computer has a glitch. He'll try again and then it will go through.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's why it's really critical, right? And um, we've learned, right, that, you know, and and not just IBM, right, the world has learned that people's patience and tolerance for things not working or having the the best experience right away um, is shrinking, right? 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, um, if people opened up an application and it didn't work on the first time, they might try again. Now, 80% of the time, if your application doesn't work or the, you know, when you open your app on your phone, um, people won't go back, right? And so, uh, and when they do go back and it doesn't work a second time, almost 100% of the time, people won't try a third time. Um, So we've learned that, you know, the user experience um, has to be top notch right away. And that includes not just bells and whistles, but the the table stakes are rising every time, right? So, um, and that's with, uh, you know, standard operation as well as, introduction of new uh, new bells and whistles right if somebody else has the ability to to click and buy real quick then all the other vendors in that same space need to be able to click and buy real quick right that starts the table stakes rise and rise um so the turnaround time of of, of what's expected is getting uh quicker and quicker as well as the the qualities of service from from the end user as well
0: and i love what you're saying because if you think about it um uh, Many people love talking about technology. I'm a techie myself, and I love talking about all the latest toys out there. But when it really comes down to it, it's all about the user experience. And that's why I love the way you broke that down.
1: Yeah. Um, We have focused a lot on incorporating user feedback from all sorts of different personas from the very beginning uh, through something called IBM Design Thinking. Um, And that starts in concept phase or pre-concept phase, even in research phases, right? Really thinking about what's the true end user experience, right? And so we have something, like I said, called IBM design thinking. And it's all driven by user outcomes. It's not uh, created technology and and build it, they will come type of thing. It's really what's that that end experience we're driving for. And, you know, we are a B2B company, right? So sometimes we have to work with our clients to get to the C in that equation. Um, But to us, that's really, you know, we're enabling our clients to be successful and and their end user experience is really what's driving a lot of um, the technology we're putting in market. And that has a lot to do with, you know, what are the pain points that that the different personas are experiencing today and what can we do to to keep moving that, you know, forward so that the the as is becomes the to be, which is, you know, ideal situations for, for our clients and their clients as well.
0: And you also bring up a good point because um, your bio mentioned that in your current role as director of the IBM Z team you're creating a true end-to-end DevOps experience and you know with regards to DevOps and software development uh, many time uh, feedback will come in instantaneously you know with platforms like Twitter today people are not shy about sharing their latest opinions positive or negative.
1: Right so I said earlier, uh, you know, trends in the market are changing quicker and quicker, right? And that means that clients and IBM and, and everybody have to respond quicker, right? Not just for, you know, breaking, uh, fixing things that may have broken, but also adding new value and new function. And so uh, if you kind of like step back from that, development of your application um, has changed dramatically, right? For, there was a big shift to agile development. and. And while Agile was a structure of how to make your teams, it was also a a way of thinking that we could deliver things quicker and turn them around quicker, right, and so um, a quicker way to market. And along that evolved, um, you know, the concept of containers and orchestration on top of that, right. And so that all became a story of, you know, how can we develop something quickly um, in one area, deploy it quickly in another, Um, And so you had started to have these layers where um, you really could develop, test and roll out a a new function or a new feature quickly and adapt to those trends in market. And that so so with that framework, it it trickled back into, well, how do we do software development? Right. And and the cloud became a quick way to deploy in a container and test in a container and then, you know, bring it back and put it in production. Um, And so you started to see. Um, people needing this flexibility of where they wanted to do certain actions, right? Where they wanted to test, where they wanted to develop, and then where was their production environment. Um, and so all that starts to play into this hybrid cloud thought because it's really a flexibility of of deployment and, and running things, you know, where it's appropriate and efficient uh, for different people, personas, um, as well as the application itself. And so software development has kind of rode this wave of hybrid. <laughs> cloud as it's evolved in terms of, you know, the agile development and and the containers and the orchestration, it's all kind of coming together um, into this uber-flexible, uh, but still uh, high-demand, mission-critical environment. Um, and, and I think that's what people are trying to navigate, right? Like, how do I do this super-flexible hybrid cloud thing, but also make sure that, like, everything is top-notch and run uh, 24 by 7 and there's no issues, right? Like, that's a big a big thing to manage you want to have,
0: you have your cake and eat it too
1: right you want to be super flexible and efficient and run things where they make sense but on the other hand there's no tolerance for for imperfection almost right and so that's that's what people are trying to navigate right and um 20 of the world's, uh you know 20 percent of applications have moved to the cloud right that was sort of the easy stuff maybe where the qualities of service were just a little bit less and now we're looking at, you know, the tough stuff, right? The mission critical work. How do we um, move that and, and manage the risk that comes with, you know, moving it around and, and putting it in different places? And that's what's staring people, you know, that's what's staring at people. How do they make that jump, right? And um, part of that is working with really good partners, your vendors and others to make sure that the infrastructure is there. And part of that's the culture change um, within the organization. Um, to be able to ride that wave a little.
0: Yeah, and for that it really helps to have partners like IBM that have the tried and true products as well as the reputation behind it to ensure that their uh, mission critical services are secure and reliable.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the the backbone of, of a lot of hybrid clouds are becoming IBM C, right? Because mission critical work, I mean we run The world's banks, right? The world's insurance companies um, run on IBM Z, right? And so um, those qualities of service need to stay. And now, you know, now our our new offerings are are making sure we are truly connected to the hybrid cloud world, right? With the announcement of Red Hat and OpenShift, right? We're making sure that we are connected and you can be orchestrated within the, you know, within the hybrid cloud, everything can talk together, right? And that's really important because. Moving your mission-critical workload, no matter where it resides, is a is a scary thing, right? Um, and you want to you want to do that and and still modernize your infrastructure, but at the same time, you know, availability and the customer experience really truly is is king.
0: Great, Tina, this was a very enlightening conversation. How do people connect with you?
1: Well, I love to tweet, um, so you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Tina Tark T I N A T A R Q. Um, a lot of, uh, mainframe related tweets and I, uh, you know, really enjoy, uh, women in tech and, and different, uh, types of uh, topics like that. So you can find me there and on LinkedIn, I actually have a series where I interview, uh, awesome women working on the mainframe. Um, you can find me there as well.
0: Great. And I'm going to post that information to the show notes so people can click on it and get right to you.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: Tina, do you have any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually glad you warned me that you would ask such a, a thoughtful question. Um, and I've really been fortunate in my life to have uh, lots of great advice passed down for me. Um, but I was thinking about this one. And so um, I saw an interview with Tom Brady. And for those who don't know Tom Brady, although I think everybody would know Tom Brady, uh, you know, he's won six Super Bowls, and most would consider him the greatest quarterback of all time. And the interview. The interviewer asked him, "What was your favorite Super Bowl ring to earn?" And he responded, saying, "The next one." So my advice is, um, you know, you're never, never too uh, old to learn something new, right? And the world is constantly changing, both in the technology world that we talked about, but but everything else, right? And so, never too late to learn something new and to really get passionate about new things and 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 keep evolving in that sense.
0: I love that. What a great way to wrap up this episode. Tina, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Yeah,
1: same here. Thank you so much.